Who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Welcome to the 31st episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local commenter Fartknocker, a.k.a. Aaron Vantile, joined as always by Eric Schwartz and the CT Publishing Vice President, and I'm pretty sure our boss, Franklin Taylor. Franklin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, we're thrilled you're here, and to start with, I just have one quick question. Uh, it's, it's Franklin, not Frank. It's whatever you want to call me. Have you ever considered? It's Mr. Taylor. It's you. Mr. Taylor. Please call me Vice President. <laughs> All right, Vice President Taylor. In a, uh, in a Marilyn Monroe, Monroe voice, if you will. This is going to be good. Have you ever considered shortening it to just to Frank? I'm not old enough yet, and I don't have enough facial hair, but so eventually you're, you're I will. getting there. Though. I will get there. Right. I'm a little patchy on my right side, but eventually I'll get I there. I don't see any deficiencies. I think it I, looks fine. <laughs> That's so, noted. I think you look great, boss. I'll make a note of that. I'll make a note. <laughs> All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, it is Sunday, January 17th. And fellas, we're going to start off in the past. Eric Schwartz has graciously provided us with some content from uh, past editions of The Chronicle he'd like to discuss. And Schwartz, what's what's your first topic here? Well, first of all, I'm going to dedicate this to reporter Claudia Yaw, who is off this week. Uh, I took a few days off. Normally, she's on the podcast with us. Um, Franklin and I were actually looking through some archive stuff uh, just before the show. We blew about an inch show. of dust off this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, found this gem from the 70s. It's a uh, in-house, what we call an in-house ad, which is just an ad for the Chronicle, in the Chronicle. Headline is, why shouldn't a girl have a newspaper route? Let's face it, women's lib is here to stay. <laughs> when it comes to handling a newspaper route, the girls are equal to the task. <laughs> Though the idea of newspaper girls is comparatively new, many newspapers across the country report that more and more girls are taking on route work and doing an excellent job. They're proving to be physically capable, more than conscientious from a service standpoint, and exceptionally responsible in handling money. Wow, shots fired at <laughs> boys? I think so, I think so. Uh, and we have to mention, we don't have newspaper carriers anymore. Our carriers are the United States Postal Service, which I'm a big fan of, you uh, have been are critical we, of, do we, we should note. Do we have any notes on whether the Postal Service has adopted this uh, lib mentality? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they have children working for them. Uh, what about ladies? Do they allow ladies to I have the mail yes. now, too? My mail lady is a lady, in fact. Oh, well. <laughs> Congratulations. I have one more real quick, and we'll move on. Uh, this is from uh, 1978. Headline, woman to discuss UFO incident in May engagement at college. Uh, and then it starts off, a woman who many believe to be the first human being to be captured and returned to Earth by visitors from outer space will tell her story at Centralia College's Corbett Hall Theater, Monday, May 10th at 8 p.m. You uh, missed it, though. It's, uh, it was 1978. So. Who many believe? Do they list these many? Uh, it says Betty Hill's story first appeared in Life magazine in 1960. That's a real fear of mine. Yeah. This, uh, the, this harkens back to a day when you could just say something happened and people took it at face value. Many believe it, Aaron. Many believe Many it. Many people are saying it, so I believe it. That's all I have this week, but I think we should make it a regular feature. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what we come up with next week. Uh, maybe we can dig back into the archives and find if they're going to allow uh, you know women to vote or something. Who maybe, knows? maybe. The sky's the limit. <laughs> all right, our first news topic today. Toledo has made the... The finalist list? Yeah. Uh, as a possible site for a major commercial airport in Washington. Here we go again, folks. We're getting an airport in Toledo. It'll be here in a few decades or so. <laughs> uh, it's uh, damn near a certainty, it sounds like, from, from this article. Ed Carlson Memorial Field has been listed as one of six potential sites for a new major commercial airport in Washington. Uh, the list includes preliminary recommendations for meeting Washington's long-range commercial aviation facility needs. I'm not sure what those needs are. But that was a long way of saying they want a SeaTac-sized airport to help take, take some pressure off of that airport. Uh -huh. um, so along with Ed Carlson, you have as finalist uh, Arlington Municipal Airport, Bremerton National Airport, Payne Field in Snohomish County, Sanderson Field in Shelton, and Tacoma Narrows Airport in Gig Harbor, which doesn't sound like it would really solve the problem. Um, but those are just the sites that are currently airports. They mm -hmm. could expand to other areas that don't currently Rochester? have Rochester? That one's been ruled out. The, uh, the Grand Mounds, Grand Mounds, South Thirsty County. 
they opposed that. Uh, Lewis County commissioners actually were supportive of this at the front end, and then Toledo residents were not very supportive of it. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a mixed bag when we posted this story over the weekend as far as comments. A lot of people seemed very encouraged by it, economic Mm -hmm. development, but, uh, you know, as we have discussed, Toledo would kind of cease to exist as it currently does, and so I get why they might not be too keen on that. Uh, Yeah, I could, I guess, see both sides of it. Uh, The good news is, long ways off. I don't think they build airports in a day. Yeah, no, I think if if you hate this idea, it's more of like a problem for your kids or grandkids. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, just kick the can down and let your kids worry about the problem. All right, next item. The Port of Chehalis anticipates closing a $2.5 million sale by the end of the month. Uh, $2.5 million, wow. A mere fraction of the cost of the game-changing Chronicle sale last month. Uh, <laughs> Paid for by Franklin. Game-changing. <laughs> Franklin yes. has been saving his pennies. Well, well we're going to go ahead and put that one on my parents. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and put that on Chad and Corey. Uh, I have to say, first off on this story, um, I want to apologize to Port of Chehalis CEO Randy Mueller. I saw on Facebook he was none too pleased with the photo we chose to go with this, which is, oh. a, <laughs> which is a screenshot of the uh, Zoom meeting. And I just want to say, give us a break. You know, it, it's really hard to cover meetings these days when nobody's meeting in person. He didn't like, was he not liking how he was presenting himself on the Zoom screen? Well, I just think that he's kind of, he looks like he's mid-speech here. Maybe we could have gotten a screenshot when... <laughs> it's actually not a bad photo. I didn't think so it's either. It's not a bad photo. I yeah, didn't think so either. slim and fit. Um, but after seeing the comment, I had already posted it and I wasn't going to take it down on Cron. But I did find a, a file photo to share on Twitter. With what I think story, would be so. better is if in future in all Zoom meetings, all the public officials can have a little two-minute space at the end of their meetings where they smile at their screen. <laughs> a pose up. I like that. So we yeah. can all get one good screenshot of them. Yeah. I, that's not a bad idea at all. They could even like dramatically pose, like wagging Put a finger. Put a finger up. Yep. Or um, they could change their background to whatever they want it to be. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, maybe absolutely. it's them at the beach or something. Yeah, we have a city councilor out in Yelm at the Nisqually Valley News who every um, meeting, he is actually on the um, Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, so it's got are the, you sure the it's a Zoom background? Yeah, I mean, he Forward could be on thinking. the Enterprise, I don't know. Forward he thinking. But that's a genius idea, Franklin, and I would ask any public official out there listening to, to do just that. Pose up for us, just just in the last two minutes. Yeah, make it happen. We will screenshot you. Exactly. Um, but this is uh, from, from Mueller. This will be the biggest transaction in port history, so a lot of good news there. A lot of good news about McCallum and the kinds of jobs they offer. The U.S. Small Business Administration has approved the loan. We've passed the contingency period where McCallum could back out. And that's McCallum Rock and Drilling, which is a local company. Uh, I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're out of Chehalis. And I think they were featured on, like, Micro's Dirty Jobs at one point a couple years ago. Wow. He comes out here a lot. Uh, well, there's a lot of dirty jobs out here. Or good people. His new thing is, is good people. He did that thing out at the Rochester Golf Course, too. Oh, yeah. I've never ranch. golfed there. Have you guys ever golfed there? I think oh, it's, oh, I think it's oh, closed oh. now. Closed now? Okay. We used to yeah. be regulars out there. Oh, yeah, we hey, would hit it, it up every weekend. There you go. You guys look like great golfers. <laughs> uh, we look like the kind of golfers that would that golf a, out at the Rochester Golf Course. Backhanded <laughs> comment right there. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So I guess it's uh, your move, Kyle Heaton. What are you going to drop on us now? Oh, he's got he's got plenty of plans. He's got plans. He's, he's got plans. Kyle Heaton's a great guy. Do we have any screenshots of Kyle Heaton on Zoom meetings? He strikes me as a black screen with his name on it, Zoomer. I'm not sure. You know, I am not sure. I don't think we I don't think we've done a Zoom meeting with him yet. Maybe we should. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he will definitely send you the link and everything. I just I just like how anytime there's a port story period, you have to drag Kyle Heaton into this. Uh, Poor old Kyle Heaton. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> All right, our next item. Uh, This one was entertaining. Uh, New Lewis County Commissioner Sean Swope sends a letter to the governor regarding COVID restrictions. Uh, This was only from Sean Swope, not from Gary Stamper, who I have learned is a fan of the podcast or at least an occasional listener. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Hey, Gary. Uh, So maybe they're writing their own letters or something. Uh, His letter compares indoor dining to being on an airplane. This is a a plea to reopen indoor dining. Um, I'm not sure if it's everywhere, just Lewis County, but either way. Uh, the, the airplane thing is, I mean, airplanes don't really let you eat now, and they have pretty high-grade circulation systems, and you have to have a mask on all the time. So I think the better comparison would be farting in an elevator. I think I just condense this to you hate small businesses and restaurants and bars, and you hope that they all fail. 
I, we both know I love bars. <laughs> the airplane comparison is tough because I just recently saw an Alaskan Airlines commercial and they did the safety dance. Oh my goodness, that commercial. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Was Russell Wilson on it doing the safety dance too? They no. did not get him to do the safety dance. He was too busy losing he, to the Rams. <laughs> no, that, uh, that commercial is hard to watch. It did is very hard do, to watch. It's like he, a saw It movie. is very hard to watch. Like, barely stomach it. <laughs> He would have done the first half of the safety, safety dance phenomenally and then just fallen off in the second half. What I would say about this letter, and I get your point on the airports, they also are airplanes, they also have uh, air circulation systems, as I think you were, you were getting at. I did mention There's that, not yes. a whole lot of eating going on these days on airplanes. But you could um, compare that restaurants are, most part, depending on where you go, have a lot more seating options than an airplane. Yeah, they do. Uh, my big issue with the, the letter was he quotes a... Uh, from the letter, he writes, there. this is also in line with the September 11th, 2020 Daily Nurse article titled CDC Restaurant Dining Linked to COVID Infections, which states, there was no difference between cases and controls and reported shopping gatherings in homes, irrespective of the number of guests, going to an office or salon, using public transportation, patronizing a bar or coffee shop, or attending church and religious gatherings, which is a fine quote to pull from there, but the actual CDC study, I, I did some homework and looked it up. And the main takeaway from it was that eating and drinking on-site at locations that offer such options might be important risk factors associated with SARS-CoV-2 infection. Efforts to reduce possible exposures where mask use <sighs> are difficult to maintain, such as this when... Wake up, Franklin. This is great information. Eating and drinking should be considered to protect customers, employees, and communities. The study basically says that the people who had COVID and were symptomatic were twice as likely to have died in a restaurant in the last two weeks as those who did not. So I just feel like if you're going to write a letter to the governor, which is a great exercise in our political system, you know, he gets points for that, A for effort, but, you know, find a better study to, to throw out there. Find some statistics that don't kind of fly in the face of your point counterpoint okay. uh lewis county just last week began contact tracing again because virus loads are so high right now that they they were too busy counting cases and doing that mm-hmm. most cases are not getting traced back you cannot unequivocally say that restaurants absolutely pose a bigger danger than home depot or walmart i was in walmart today and there's a lot of people in there i'm sure if you did a study on the spread there you were going to find some findings as well so I appreciate that Sean Swope campaigned on the idea that he would do this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is uh, exactly what the majority of his constituents would want from him. Maybe, like you said, it could have been done a little bit better. Um, but I think they appreciate that somebody's trying. Yeah. Um, having said that, it really stands no chance. I mean, we've we, we've had stories just over the weekend. The Benton County commissioners in Eastern County, Washington, or Eastern Washington, did a similar type thing. Um, I doubt Inslee will ever actually lay his own eyes on this letter. I don't I... think Commissioner Swope is going to get a response. Um, but as a politician, as a representative, um, I think it was the right thing to do. I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't want to criticize somebody for sending a letter to the governor. That's you, that's what you're supposed to do. That's a great step. It's far better than you know trying to break into his house on the weekend. Um, a lot better than that. <laughs> it's a lot better than that. However, I would say you know workshop a little bit. Uh, you know, do a little more homework, find a few more studies that uh, go a little further in backing up what you want. But if Inslee's never going to read it anyways, does it really matter? <laughs> Are you saying this is all political grandstanding? I'm not saying Sir. it's political grandstanding. I'm saying if he has very minimal things that he can do, this is one thing he can do. Like as a county commissioner, you don't have power to reopen or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can write a letter, and he wrote a letter, which I, which I thought was great. And I continue to say, like, you know, if you think restaurants are a, a big source of spread, fine, pay them, give them money, and let them shut down yeah, for a I while. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you should um, do that. But if they don't have that, and you can blame the federal government, blame whoever you want, um, throw an occupancy rate on there. I don't care if it's 10%. Let three families go sit inside a restaurant at a time, spread out by 20 yards. Better than mm-hmm. nothing. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. They yeah. should be able yeah. to yeah. Do some Props to Sean Swope for working for us, man. Yeah. Yeah, if he got out there and did something. Despite your criticism, Aaron, even as if a it, hater, you know what? Despite your criticism, somebody who has written many things, we know who plays the villain on this podcast, and this is my first <laughs> one. No secret. It's my first one, and I know who the villain is. Franklin, this is just a delight because if Claudio was here, I would be getting absolutely pummeled right now, and I wouldn't. It's even, true. It's true. Yeah. Claudio is a great villain, yeah. uh, especially where Schwartz. No, concerned. I turn into the villain. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, in, nice related, in related news, a Shahela citizen asked the council to not recognize COVID-19 restrictions. The mayor says it would be counterproductive. Uh, wow. A poor response by the Shahela City Council. Frankly, <laughs> you don't know anybody involved in that organization, do you? No. <laughs> no. Uh, if I did, I'm probably related to them in some way or another, but I'm not sure offhand. That's a fair enough Good answer. Response. Um, no, it was the, the look, Dennis Dawes does a fine job as mayor, and uh, as could be expected, he uh, had a reasonable response to this uh, citizen. Yeah, and this is something that you a, and I can even agree on, I think, Aaron. Yeah, I think we can. Was that Aaron? Was, that was Aaron a, the citizen? I, <laughs> no, I was not the citizen. Okay. Citizen was Corey Staduar, uh, shared a virtual presentation with the Shayla City Council on Monday afternoon. And asked the council to essentially pull a mossy rock and say it doesn't recognize the state's COVID restrictions. Um, and Dennis Dawes essentially said that that was somewhat irresponsible and could put the city in a liability position. He, sh- he, he empathized with him, too. He said, as frustrated as I may be with the governor's action and what he's done, I just can't do something that I think is counterproductive and may make the problem worse. If we were to pass something similar to what Mossy Rock has done, I don't think that's going to take care of the problem. And we talked about that with Mossy Rock. It's all well and good for the city council to say, yeah, disregard the order, mm-hmm. but they're not paying the fines when L&I inev- inevitably comes around. Um, they're not going to be the ones responsible. So it's almost, yeah. I mean, I'm not uh, encouraging any restaurants to break Inslee's edicts or anything, um, mm-hmm. but if you're going to do it, it's been proven that the best way to do it is not to send out a Facebook thing and a press release and a letter to the editor. It's just do it. Just do it quietly. Wait till yeah, yeah, L&I comes and visits you. And do it smart. You know what, and if you're gonna smart. if you're gonna rob a bank, you know, do a little planning. Don't tell anybody beforehand, don't post your Facebook about it. Just go out and do it. That, that is a good comparison. comparison. A restaurant's the same as robbing a bank, but no, I, mean, I don't think it is either. But his but, comparison you know, made sense. It. His comparison it, yeah. made sense. Sorry. Yeah. All right. I'm new to the majority, so All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving off of COVID briefly, uh, oh, Lauren Culp has dropped his election fraud lawsuit. Uh, the about face by Culp occurred after State Attorney General Bob Ferguson's office warned Culp's attorney, something pigeon. Uh, his attorney's not a pigeon. <laughs> that's his name. That the state intended to file a motion to dismiss the case and intended to take the unusual step of asking a judge to impose sanctions unless pigeon withdrew the case. It's Now I'm just imagining a pigeon doing all As this. As am I. I already, am in I. a little suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless pigeon withdrew the case by noon Friday. Uh, among other things, the notice said Culp's claims were factually baseless. Counties had contacted the people that Culp claimed were deceased and found that the voters were, in fact, alive or had died after voting. Uh, which just made me think of the scene in Step Brothers where Will Ferrell is burying his stepbrothers. He's like, Brother, I'm alive! <laughs> 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 so- That's pretty great. That's pre- they were, in fact, alive. Uh, yeah, they were in fact alive. So thus ends the. Well, he he says it's not over yet. Um, well, I... he said, uh, given this minefield in front of us, we're going to back off, go around it, and live to fight another day. Doesn't mean that the war's over. It just means that we're going to engage in this particular battle through the courts. War, battle, minefield. There's a lot in that. Uh, if you can't go through, go around. Yeah. If yeah. you can't go through, go around. We had one commenter last week um, say that they listened to the podcast until we went scorched earth on Culp and Commissioner Bobby Jackson. Uh, he said Bobby Jackson and uh, Snaza. Oh, and Snaza, gotcha. I yes. thought it was Culp. I was going to note, that just I'm always hesitant to be critical of Culp just because I know he has a lot of good followers. There's a lot of frustrated Republicans in this state. There's a mm-hmm. lot of frustrated Republicans in this county. Um, something with Culp really lit a fire under them, and uh, they were very passionate but uh, I maintain, even as a somewhat conservative fella, if you lose by 550,000 votes, that's, that's an L. That's it's an whole, L, bruh. It's a whole lot of fraud. And, uh, <laughs> it's a whole lot of fraud, according to Franklin. <laughs> an army of the dead voting in this election <laughs> is what you're asking me to believe. Uh, there's good there's good people on both sides. Thanks, Franklin. There, there's good people on both sides. I think we can all admit that. Do you want to pat Schwartz on the shoulder as you say that? <laughs> Do you think uh, you think Cope will be their guy, the GOP guy again in in four years? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. It. Uh, I think he probably. I think he alienated some of the GOP statewide power structure with his 
response to the election defeat. Uh, he didn't really rely like, on them, though. I mean, during his campaign either, he was he was pretty grassroots. It wasn't like he was no, propped up by the Republican Party. No, but you have to imagine that the next time around they will do more uh, as far as preparation and getting a, a party-sponsored candidate, maybe? I've thought, uh, you know, if you get a more um, moderate, I guess, candidate, um, less populist, I don't, know, whatever, I don't know what the correct terms are, but if you get two Republicans, you know, maybe a Lauren Culp, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting John Braun will ever run, but like a John Braun or a J.T. Wilcox, mm-hmm. could you end up with a situation like you did with the lieutenant governor this year where you have two Democrats in the general election for the, for the governor's office? Yeah, you could, I yeah. suppose. Anyways. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, <clears throat> as the people have said, it, it benefits the state to have a strong Republican candidate and a strong Republican party. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll see something like that. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go through the optional topics or Why hit not? on them Let's quickly? Let's hit them quick. Uh, Thurston County Sheriff John Snaza tests positive for COVID. Uh, hope he's doing okay. It sounded like he was asymptomatic. However, he has been criticized for... Uh, not 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 flaunting mask mandates not or anything, but just it. not enforcing them. I believe there was a some kind of a recall, at least organized or hinted at. In no, it's still rolling that. through the courts. Still in the court system. Um. So, <clears throat> yeah. Again, he's a he's a Lewis County boy. So I hope he's doing all right. That came along with the news of an outbreak at the Thurston County Jail, which I don't know where the numbers are now, but there's three employees who work at the jail tested positive January 7th, and eight out of the 203 inmates test results tested positive, um, which is nothing compared to what is happening at the Stafford Correction Center out in Aberdeen. Um, that's a, a state DOC prison, but they had their third death announced today. I just saw my email before I was coming in here, and it was something like 250 cases, um, I believe. So that's that's a big outbreak. But yeah, we hope uh, Sheriff Snaza um, stays uh, symptomatic or unsymptomatic? What's asymptomatic. The, asymptomatic, there we go. Stays symptomatic, <laughs> sir. And, uh, and is able to return to the job quickly. All right, uh, the other optional <clears throat> quick hitter item we had, Lewis County still assessing flood damage from last week's event. Where are we at on that? How much damage has there been? Um, they didn't give us a number for this one just yet. The one previously, I want to say, was around $30,000, and it was mostly overtime um, for workers out responding to it. Um, but Nightcrawler, our uh, beloved photographer, got a nice photo. The Taylors, uh, and thank you very much, have given us a drone. Well, that's just what so, Nightcrawler uh, needs. Yeah, we have, a, we have an aircraft now He's going to be Chronicle. shooting photos from his bed now. <laughs> I, he does I, not leave his house. I would like to <laughs> build a noon. landing pad up on the roof for the drone, <laughs> even though it's quite small, and then have like a siren blare anytime we, we go aerial. I uh, do agree. Yeah. A big H on the roof. But he got yeah, good photos just... both on the Chehalis River and the Cowlitz River that showed. It got real close. Um, they were predicting almost major flooding on the Cowlitz River, which would have shut down Highway 12 if the past is any indicator. Um, we did not see that. Um, it was kind of your standard, your standard Lewis County flooding, you know? Didn't... Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it before. We're not going to be saying the flood of 2021 just yet. It's not going to get no. its own year designation like 2007 or 2009 or 96. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, for one, am very grateful we, did not have, uh, we didn't have serious flooding. They did thank the prosecutor's office, um, the Division of Emergency Management, that is. Apparently, they sent over a bunch of staffers, and they stuffed uh, sandbags for the public. Like You say apparently as if you couldn't see it out your window. Uh, no, no, no. This was the one over by the county. I, oh, okay. I, I, All right. We haven't opened the Chehalis Bureau just yet, Aaron. <laughs> but, um, so I think that's cool, because the week before, we had another little flooding scare, and Jonathan Meyer and Peter Barno were out there digging mm-hmm. the sandbags as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> I know you're cynical. You think it was just a campaign move, but I would. Never. I see people's hearts, Aaron. <laughs> I would never say such a thing. Some people can't see the good in others. Uh, yeah, they were just out there, you know, just just flexing with those shovels. Uh, business feature roundup. Our first one is paint pottery at home or on the sidewalk with black dog pottery in Centralia. All right, I like black dog pottery. Yeah, you got you've done this before, haven't you? I have. It's the, like Ty's favorite downtown Centralia spot. He loves paints and pottery. Yeah, so it sounds like you can either go by and pick up a kit to take home with you, and now they have some sidewalk space set up as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. That is awesome. It's like a heater there. Um, you into pottery, Franklin? Is that one of your hobbies? 
I am not a pottery guy. Okay. But I can also say I've never tried it. So yeah. I will be uh, I will have to check that out. Well, pottery takes all kinds, you know. You can any skill level can go pick out a little like, you know, a mushroom or like a like a pottery dog or something, paint it whatever you want. A dog? I've got a coffee cup with the old uh, Let's Take About It uh, podcast logo on it. Painted it myself. Drink my coffee <laughs> out of it. That's great. Good I feel for like you. Mary King at home. On the take home kit, so I get you got to put it in the in the kiln. Mm-hmm. On the take home kit, do you use your oven at home or do you take it back? No, I to... think you take it back. The uh, the kiln is. I feel like it's a lot hotter than a traditional oven. Oh, I'd imagine it different, is. I'm just... uh, different. I mean, I'm sure you could take. You could cook it if you wanted. You uh, what, would ha- what would happen? Uh, you definitely don't microwave it. Don't want to microwave. Don't microwave it. it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if what it would happen if you just tried to cook your own pottery. You probably take it back to their kitchen. I don't suggest it. Time. You <laughs> don't suggest it. It's if you do, wear an oven mitt. If you do, yeah. wear an oven mitt. If you have questions, you can ask Jessica Kenny, owner of Black Dog uh, Pottery, and they are located at 218 North Tower Avenue, Centralia. Uh, their website is blackdogpottery.net. They're also on Facebook. Yep. Maybe, yeah. We're maybe all bored at home. Little, take a little field trip over there one of these yep. days. And, hey, what happens if I, uh, you know, I got a stove? <laughs> We're all bored at home. Let's... Let's get not bored and support small business at the same time. Exactly. Do you think she gets a lot of jokes about Ghost? You know? Ghost? Yeah, the, the film with the... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of like... That's like shaping pottery. Like a it's pottery still wheel. pottery. Yeah, probably. That's what I think of when I think of pottery. Art is art. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... just... Just a ghost creeping up behind me and helping just me do like it. Like you rubbing uh, Whoopi Goldberg's shoulders and... <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Let's move to the next one. Uh, former Centralia favorite Harold's Burger Bar set to reopen. They are reopened, so we, we can update this last that week. Uh, yeah, broke the news last week that it would be reopening, and instantly they reopened. Well, uh, I saw just driving by that they had, you know, that they they had the sign up that they were coming back. So I had crawler take photos, and we just ran the photos, and that went in the Saturday edition, and then boom, they opened up right away and we were able to get the story it's a it's a new family but uh, i saw lots of positive reviews online from people that were going over there over the weekend i did too new centralia city councilman uh mark wesley posted on facebook that, that that's what i saw as well that uh he had stopped by for a burger and said it was phenomenal and i trust his judgment have either of you tried it yet i haven't been there this time Not i was yet. a big fan of it previously i didn't go there every week or anything but you know once a month or so if i was mm-hmm. in the neighborhood you'd certainly go I used to live on the other side of the viaduct, and that's like its own little community there. Because uh-huh. yeah, if, if you live there, you, you gotta got like a big city feel almost. You got the traffic going over the viaduct, the trains mm-hmm. going by, the transients living here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was real easy to just that's walk across. That's the part that makes it feel big city. To legally yeah. cross the uh, railroad tracks and get yourself <laughs> yeah. a burger and then uh, try to hop scotch back on back to the house. Yeah. Yeah. I love that place. Uh, who are the new owners? Um, let's see here. Trying to remember the names. Uh, Greg and MJ Hargrave. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, cool. And they've got the perfect setup like we talked about last week for the uh, for the, the pandemic with the walk-up window and uh, very little interaction with anybody. Um, don't have to worry about seating because they don't have seating. Um, so if you're interested, it's 727 South Gold Street in Centralia. Mm-hmm. Heraldsburgerbar.com. Yep. And our last one, Dollar General considers building four more Dollar General locations in Lewis County. Uh, how strongly are they considering this? And where are there's one in Centralia over kind of kind of close on Reynolds. Where are there other Lewis there's County locations? One in Oakville. Uh, okay. I believe there's one in Napavine. Reporter Celine Fitzgerald did the story on this, and I thought she did a really nice job because she called around to uh, kind of competing local businesses mm-hmm. just to see what what they thought of it. Excuse me. And to answer your first question, um, I think they're not definite on all of these, but they're def- they're they're going through the process, and it looks like it's going to happen. Like when she talked to the mayor of PL, it sounded like they had already accepted that they're going to be there, and oh. they're excited to have them. Um, it's not in this story, but they're also uh, opening one in Rainier, just up the road from Tonino. Okay. Um, this is uh, this has been happening. It's it's not been long since they opened their first store in Washington, um, and so just this is kind of their mo across the country is they come in fast and just open up a bunch of stores in rural areas, and not everyone is a fan of it. Uh, yeah, uh, the Dollar General over on Reynolds is uh, it's there. It's usually people there. I'll stop by every now and then if I need something. Not you know, me. Late at night. I'm a Pearl Street Market man through and through. 
Well, of course you are. Unless Dollar General is advertising it, at which point I'm a Dollar General man <laughs> through and through. through. <laughs> uh, Contact Brian a... Watson for more information. <laughs> I'm more of a country market man myself. I can't blame uh, I like their selection of literature. Ah, yes. So, uh, yeah, I'll stop in there every once in a while as well. Well, John Kim, the owner of Annie's Napa Vine Country Market for over 25 years, said that sales have dropped since the Napa Vine Dollar General opened this past summer. Um, Napa Vine has a population of just under 2,000. And then here's a quote from him. A nationwide chain store moves into a small town. It's unfair. A lot of people I've talked to don't like it. They want to keep the hometown businesses here. So I think the cities probably feel torn about it because you get additional tax revenue, and that can be a huge boost for a small town. It is, yeah. Um, But on the other hand, these other shops that have been here forever, you know them. They're your neighbors. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to protect them too. It's, I mean, it's a small-scale version of, you know, Walmart moving to town. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, just to be clear, this is not a Dollar General, this or not Dollar General. This is not a dollar store. Everything is not one dollar. Yeah, it's a very confusing it name. It's a very confusing name. It's misleading. Um, things can cost several dollars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so bring your fat stack, Aaron. Uh, I, yeah, I always roll in flush with cash to the Dollar General. Uh, let's see, one more from her very well-sourced story from Celine. Chris Merritt with the Illinois Institute of Rural Affairs told NPR that Dollar General has had a profound impact on rural America. For many communities, it's the first new commercial investment in many years. It represents progress of a sort. Anyone read that story knows Celine did a great job. Yeah, she did. Nice yeah, job, Celine. Well source. There's a lot of context. I can claim no credit for it either because she brought it up and I was like, ah, oh, just get us a brief since it's just a possibility. And she went ahead and got a bunch of sources. So she did a nice job on that. Uh, one comment on that story. Dollar General moves into predominantly rural areas of the country push out mom and pop stores that have been in business forever and putting the money into corporations. It's not, I have no, I have no qualms with that statement. That's, you know. Yeah. There's, there's upside and downside. I'd hate to see it if I owned a small store in the area. Um, but if I'm a person that lost my job at a restaurant or a bar, um, due to, you know, the whole restriction situation and I couldn't get a job at Dollar General, it's not going to be the most, you know, high profile job in the world, but it's a job. So Mr. Brightside, Eric, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I try to be. All right, time for our People's Champion of the Week. This one was unanimous. Uh, there was little debate. We've all taken one. our hats off out of respect. Yes. Uh, People's Champion of the Week is Arlo. The youngest canine on the Thurston County Forest was injured in the line of duty last week while pursuing a suspect in Grand Mound. The suspect was also shot. The sheriff's office hasn't said whether he was the victim of friendly fire or the armed suspect, but in any case, this hero is on the mend at Oregon State University after initially being treated at a vet clinic in Chehalis. Hats off to Arlo. Yes, absolutely. Hats hats off to Arlo. Yeah, and like you said, we don't know many details. They haven't even released the name of the suspect yet, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, that's unfortunate. It has been several days, but the Mason County Sheriff's Office is investigating this, um, and um, so we'll see what they come up with. They haven't really given us a statement with a whole lot of information yet. However, the Thurston County Sheriff's Office canine unit on Facebook today did share some promising photos of Arlo. Um, they showed a one with him outside. It says, Canine Arlo outside with his papa, Deputy Turpin, without his cone for the first time since all the surgeries. Eh, surgeries looking good, Arlo. Um, and then early in the day, there was, uh, there was another update. Arlo continues to get stronger and is doing well with his physical therapy. If all goes well, he will get to come home Monday or Tuesday. Um, and it's a picture of him exploring outside at OSU. And they've been great about providing updates on mm-hmm. this situation on all platforms. TikTok, yeah. uh, Instagram, <laughs> is there Facebook. A TikTok of there Arlo? is a TikTok wow. of Arlo. Wow. I almost shared it earlier, but uh, I didn't. I'm not a TikToker. So. Um, what, uh, in this situation, does Arlo go, go back to work or is he get like a, you know, Dishonorable discharge type of situation. I think it would be honorable, honorable discharge, discharge. Honorable, sorry, <laughs> in this spoke. situation. Um, I don't know. It seems like his, uh, I mean, he had a bullet uh, fragment lodged near his spine. Uh, mm-hmm. So it sounds like pretty serious injuries that he's going to, he's expected to survive. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this takes him off the, off the force. But I'm not like, I'm not an expert on it. I don't know. Um, we like this dog a lot because when he first came on um, the sh- at the sheriff's office in 2019, um, I mean, everybody. If you're on if you're on Facebook, you know people love the canines. They just do. Mm-hmm. So we heard that they were getting a new one, and we sent uh, NVN, uh, Nisqually Valley News Assistant Editor Eric Rosane, um, to 
interview the handler and meet the dog. Interview the dog? Before yeah, I, was, <laughs> right, I was getting there. Right when he started duty. Uh, and it's funny because he had to meet them out there at like 6.30 in the morning, which is mm-hmm. long. I mean, pretty early for him to get over into Olympia to, to do it. So we were partial to the animal. And he had written a, a great story up on how the dog's just great with kids, a wonderful dog. They thought he'd be one of the best dogs they ever had. Um, so I'm glad he's alive, and I look forward to hearing more information on the suspect and um, how exactly this happened, because there are a lot of readers asking. All right. Uh, Hero of the week. Put him in the rafters. I was I was going <laughs> to ask uh, if you could have one of your reporters go to interview Arlo, who would you send? But it sounds like Eric Rosen was already the choice. Yeah, yeah. Even though it happened in Grand Mound in the Chronicle coverage area, I uh, told our, our new crime reporter, Emily Fitzgerald. We have two Fitzgeralds now. Mm-hmm. So. Not related. I've already asked. <laughs> Not related. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we went ahead and gave it to Eric Rosane, and so he's covering that story for, uh, for both papers and doing a really nice job. All right. Uh, we now move on to... A section that is always near and dear to my heart, Sirens Banger of the Week. It's not really Sirens this week. I didn't pull these from Sirens. I pulled them from just uh, from from coverage, news coverage. And I'm not going to, I'm going to go ahead and cross it out here. Um, I'm going to put her name in here. Um, but we ran this one because I've never seen this charge. I know it, it happens, but I have not seen it. We get a, a list from the prosecutor's office every day of in-custody chargings. And mm-hmm. um, this one was out of custody, but the headline was Lewis County Woman Charged for Repeat Voting. Um, and voter fraud, I don't know if you guys have noticed, has been in the headlines lately. It, it has it. Yes, it's got a little traction. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was uh, another write-up by Emily. A Lewis County woman has been charged for intentionally voting twice in the November 2020 presidential election. The 50-year-old Centralia woman allegedly printed out her ballot online on October 9th and then submitted it to the Lewis County Auditor's Office through the mail. The auditor's office mailed her a mail-in ballot that same day, and she submitted it at the Centralia College ballot box. So she said she was confused by the voting system and thought she should have already received her ballot. She wanted to submit both just to make sure one of them got through. I, for one, think it should be a situation where, you know, it's an education thing and just don't do that again. A written warning, something like that. Yeah, Um, it doesn't come across as being particularly malicious. Uh... If she had mailed in like another fifty ballots, right, it would be something. But another like, five hundred thousand ballots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, what does one? What difference does one vote make? Uh, it's uh, spoken like an Inslee supporter. Um, <laughs> repeat voting is classified as a Class C felony. So this is a felony charge she's been hit with. I don't think that it will stand up. It, um, yeah, and her I'd, story. Her story seemed honest. Yeah. It seemed like just an honest it, mistake. It does seem it believable. Did. Yeah. Uh, if you note in the photo, I don't know if you guys have noticed, um, she's flipping off the nightcrawler for taking a picture. Um, we Throw were actually, the book at her. <laughs> we were actually in court for something else, and anyways, he took her. He took her photo. She gave us the finger, and you know what? If I was in court, and I was pissed off, and somebody was putting a, a camera in my face, I you know I might throw out a finger. I don't know. I mean, I flipped off nightcrawler. I, I, I flipped him off before. It's fine. I don't, uh, I don't hold it against her. So, and we, we kind of got the business in the comments, like, why are you covering this? But I have a feeling if a newspaper did not cover the matter in this day and age, we would also be criticized. Yeah. Um, you know what happened in Lewis County? It's news. Yeah. We should yeah. cover it. Yeah. I mean, it's the time of crime you don't, the type of crime you don't see all that often. Uh, I can't remember it ever happening. So, yeah, it's, it's newsworthy. Uh, some of the comments on this on cronline.com. Uh, she's giving the finger in the bottom picture. My sentiments about the Chronicle and the land whale censors they employ. Congratulations, land whale. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to bring my weight into it. Uh, another one. This totally restores my faith in the voting system. Thank you, Lewis County Prosecutor, for safeguarding our constitutional rights. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little look into the comment section. Uh, it's a beautiful place. I do place. have to share. It's a beautiful uh, place. When... Yeah. After the Dino Rossi election, I, I was a, re- a reporter here, and you know, voting fraud was, again, a very big thing. Um, and I proposed to a former editor, Michael Wagar, because I was getting a ballot in Lewis County that had my name spelled wrong. It was spelled Schwartz with an O, S-C-H-W-O-R-T-Z. Mm. And for that reason, I was still getting my ballot in Clallam County, where I used to live, with my name mm. spelled correctly. So I could vote twice. I was getting two ballots. And I was going to vote twice and see if anything happened. And I even like wrote a note and had it like closed off. And I was going to give it to Michael. I didn't do it. I ended up being very lazy. And uh, <laughs> you didn't vote at all. Thank goodness, you? or else I'd have been flipping off like Pete Castor or something in court. <laughs> former photographer. Um. All right. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. 
Yeah, but he did not. He did not vote twice. No, no, no. no you ever I did voted not. twice, Franklin? I have it's not. It's a rush. I can't say I've tried. <laughs> I can't say I've tried. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> you vote as many times. The as second you can. Uh, crime album or crime album uh, crime item is from the Nisqually Valley News. Oh man, this uh, is a true sirens banger. It's good. I love it when uh, reporter Paul Dunn writes these up because um, he always puts a little bit of a little bit of bedazzle He's on it. He's got a little English on he it. He does there. a little English. Um, so he wrote this up. Young man extorted online over photos of genitalia. Um, it's actually video. I, I mistyped that here. But a young man has learned a valuable lesson about human anatomy and the potential consequences of exhibiting such. <laughs> what a lead. <laughs> On January 6th, a young police officer investigated attempted extortion after taking a phone call from the victim identified as a 19-year-old young man. The victim told the officer he had been video chatting with a woman he met online when for some reason he decided to expose his genitals. <laughs> the woman told the man she had recorded the video chat and threatened to send the video to his family, friends, and place of work if he didn't send her money. The story goes on. Um, she wanted several thousand dollars. She said he only had forty dollars, and then they bickered. He's nineteen. He's nineteen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hoopst among us. Yes. Hoopst. Hoopst. Uh, they. Yeah. Anyways, there's really no. They never catch these people. Uh, <laughs> but I'm the pretty original, sure showing your genitals goes against the TikTok. Paul turned in of the story had the kid's name in there like throughout, and so I feel like I've done him a great service by removing that from the yeah, entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I what, agree. I agree. What so? So he called the police? Yeah, because she was extorting him. Um, he, he, you know, exposed himself on video chat. I guess that's dating these days. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit older. Is We're all home. Done, We're all home. Yeah. You can't go. You're going to take someone to dinner and sit on the sidewalk? You're right. This is a pandemic it's issue. It's a pandemic issue. Yeah, usually you go to dinner, you sit on a sidewalk, and you expose your genitals there. 19, he's in trouble for this on video. I did think exposing yourself went against the TikTok guidelines. Maybe uh, not. Maybe it was a Zoom call. Yeah. Maybe it was a Zoom call. You don't call. know how people are meeting online these um, days. I, I don't see the the thought process in calling the cops and like explaining to a stranger that you are being extorted because you exposed your genitals in a video chat and somebody has pictures and they're going to send all the stuff to your family and friends and place of work. Well, this isn't the first time that's, that's happened in Yelm. I've actually covered it before, probably about a year ago, and it was the same exact situation. Um guy meets girl on the internet girl actually follows through on threat after he exposed himself and sent it to his mother and all of his friends that she could reach on mm -hmm. facebook girls actually guy on <laughs> computer yeah i mean it's it's probably not who they think it is yeah so, um yeah i would just continue to caution if you're talking to a stranger on the internet you should probably you know keep it to yourself yeah i mean there's several lessons to be learned there um okay Okay. <laughs> I feel like you just learned a lesson or something. I feel like, yeah, I feel I like you did. Thought it's tough. I mean, on the if, if, you were, if you were on the receiving end of that, and you were the one that just exposed yourself on Zoom, and they threatened to send it to your mom, what do you do? I mean, look, this is... Look. Your dear mother, I'm Carmen. A, yeah, what, what do you do? Been, my parents have been disappointed in me for plenty of things. This wouldn't even crack the top five. <laughs> fair enough. I, fair, <laughs> fair enough. I, I have a strong feeling they would laugh and be like well i mean oh they definitely laugh they, they would, would laugh <laughs> you gotta laugh you yeah. gotta laugh um so yeah i also feel like part of that just like comes with age like i've you know look i'm 38 years old i've done plenty of dumb things in yeah, my time it's true and so i guess if i 19 year old me probably would have been pretty terrified in that situation um but that was a long time ago for me well 19 19 in today's age that's a lot different yeah well, I mean, you're you're a younger man. Well, yeah. If you if you had I don't per ever... chance to find yourself in the situation, well, and, well, and this extortioner was to were proposing to send these to dear sweet Chad and Corley. That's tough. That's a tough look. From my position, I try my hardest not to be in that position. <laughs> you know that's that is rule thing. number it's, one. It's an avoidable position. It is an avoidable position. <laughs> Uh, we're having way too much fun with that. I think we should move on to cronline.com comments of the week, which is filling oh, in man. for Facebook comments of the week. Oh, this segment I wish I'd never invented. Uh, so comments on Sean Swope sending a letter to Inslee on restaurant restrictions. The real fart knocker says... This is username fart knocker on cronline.com. Yeah, we don't know if that's his legal name. I don't know if he votes <laughs> under the name fart knocker. It's um, Mr. Fart knocker to you. Mr. <laughs> 
We don't have a last name. Fartnocker says, absolutely brilliant letter, and he is spot on and correct in everything. Of course, our idiot governor won't care about any of it, and he will blindly continue with his mandates. While our state is falling apart, thanks, Inslee. Go hug a windmill and get out of here, why don't you? That's reasonable. Is the windmill going to be turned on first, though? Uh, the next one's by Neon Frenzy, if I can take this one. Uh, Neon Frenzy says, I have a newsflash for all you boot-licking COVID cultists. You can't stop us from opening up and carrying out our business. If you are scared of COVID, by all means, please stay home and hide under your bed. Never leave your house again, for all I care. We will be going out with our... Oh wait, we'll be going about with our lives, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. No matter how far you shove your nose up Inslee's backside, you can't take away our right to feed our families. Uh, At the end of the day, they didn't use cuss words. No, they didn't. They and used I think backside. a lot of people mm-hmm. would, would agree with that sentiment. They used uh, backsides. I would argue that not everyone will be going on with their lives. No. That is a uh, fair is, point. It, it is a pandemic in mm-hmm. which uh, several people have died. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Girl says, what world is Mr. Swope living in? It certainly can't be Lewis County. I've been working as an essential worker for nearly a year in Lewis County. Each day I work, there are individuals who ignore all the CDC guidelines, and when trying to encourage some kind of mindfulness of the policies, I and my colleagues are mocked or ignored. This crisis is getting worse. Essential workers are getting sick and dying. Please, Mr. Inslee, don't take the bait of this county's leaders and far-right politicians. Uh, and a central worker saying that uh, has more weight to it, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a nice mix of the comments there. There were a lot more. Our comment section is beautiful. Uh, I would disagree. Uh, we were just talking about <laughs> we were just talking about that. Um, Logger Jim, if you're out there, we know you think Trump won, um, and we have no problem with you commenting once, twice, three times, four times, five times. When we get to 50 times on all the Buddy. stories, I just, yeah. I don't know. Give me a call, uh, 807-8217. We can talk this thing out, Logger Jim. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. But thanks for visiting the Chronicle. Yeah, thanks yeah, for we visiting love having the Chronicle. You here. We do. We do. We value it. Um, the next one was Lauren Culp drops election fraud lawsuit. Um, that story, uh, this is from Ghost Rider. Ooh. Putting Culp's declarations in the same camp as President Trump's is outrageous. President Trump's claims can be backed by video evidence as well as historical knowledge of the machines most states use to count. That's eh, questionable. And President Trump's accusations have not all reached the Supreme Court. Frankly, the language in this article is inflammatory and not necessarily true. I would expect the Chronicle to be more careful in what it prints. Ever heard of fact check? I know it's not very fashionable anymore. And I haven't heard a lot of separation between the two, at least in our comments and you know letters and things. I haven't mm-hmm. heard someone try to separate Trump from Culp. So yeah. it's a you know that's a valuable perspective. And that was a Seattle Times story, and I think they just took issue. There was one graph in there that just said, much like Trump, he you know, has fought this with unfounded claims. Yeah. So. Uh, My biggest think- take from that last one is I can't believe Nicholas Cage is on cronline.com. I was going to say, do you think that's the real Johnny Blaze? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Hmm. Well, what if it was? You want to take the next one by Sigman? By Sigman. Sigman says, seems that the Chronicle only, it seems that the Chronicle only allows derogatory remarks that they're aimed at Republicans. You can say any lie you want, but don't you dare say anything about the Democrats and their lies and insults. I won't be renewing my subscription. I don't know why he had to throw the accent on there. It's, you know what? It just it rolls just, better. It seems to me. He's not renewing his subscription anyway. It's fine. My favorite thing about these comments is we approve them, and we do that because we we <laughs> yes. do. I mean, I, I very rarely will I not approve a comment on Cronline. Um, the only reason we have the approval process, which frustrates some people, is about... I think three or four years ago, we had some absolutely horrendous racist content that was being posted, and then it was automatically posting to the site. Mm-hmm. Um, we are liable for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we had we human eyes have to read it and approve it before it goes through now. Um, so to that gentleman, or, well, it is ge- definitely a gentleman, I would just say, sorry to disappoint you, but we do try to approve definitely every comment that we can. And Sigman, we're yeah. making some changes around here. Give us a call. Let us talk. Call Franklin. Yeah. Call me. Call Franklin. Call me. And I, I think you should renew your subscription. You two I really can do. insult the Democrats together. I really do. I mean, we're. I don't know if I can throw this out there, but I know Chad and Cora Lee were hand delivering a subscription this evening. They did. So. They drove all the way out to Denino. I'm sure they would talk at six thirty to hand deliver a newspaper mm-hmm. from a really nice lady. She's been a member here, a subscriber, for forty five years. Maybe wow. we, you should start calling subscribers members. I like that idea. We're family yeah. members. Yeah. yeah, we're a big family here. So yeah. no joke. Yeah, reach out, call. Uh, last comment on the Culp story from your neighbor, my neighbor. 
Uh, when faced with real legal peril for trying out his lies in a real court, Culp did the brave Republican thing and ran away. Got that, people. The man selling lies to you doesn't trust his own lies to keep him out of trouble. If you don't feel stupid for voting for a man with such integrity, you should. You should feel stupid for it because he played you. He played you for a vote and you gave it to him. He lied to you right to your faces. Look closely at it in that photo above. He's smiling. This is a file photo. He knows he's lied to you at this point, and he knows you bought it. Look at him smile about it. It's kind of funny that this is written in a very like Hemingway-esque style. I like the short, uh, brief sentences that carry a lot. Um, yeah, your neighbor's a longtime commenter. He is? Oh, yeah. Been around a long time. My that's, neighbor? That's, that's, yeah, your neighbor. He's not a fly-by-night commenter. Um, <laughs> been here for a while. I like that photo. That was one taken in Brush Prairie by the Nightcrawler when he went down to visit the reflection. It's a, it's a bad visual photo of Culp. It makes him look a lot wider than I think he really is. Yeah, it might be that. But in the same point, you got the two giant uh, screens behind him. So you actually have three Culps in the image. So um, you got some red-blue lights going on. It's a nice photo. but It's yeah, a great photo. I can confirm mm -hmm. he is smiling. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about what we have in the paper coming up? Uh, yeah, what do you got in the paper coming up? Um, we got some great stuff coming up. Uh, the one I'm most excited about is there was some seven-on-seven -seven jamboree football action on Friday. Yeah, we were going to discuss that with uh, Chronicle Sports editor Eric Trent. He's been out fishing on the Olympic Peninsula today. I don't know if that's for a story or just yeah for, no uh, that'll be in the paper as well. Um, um, we'll try to we'll try to catch up with him next week and talk a little sports and see how things are going uh, there. So yeah, what's what's going on with football? How'd the boys look? There was uh, you might remember it was WF West, Centralia, Toledo, and Rochester, and the players yes. uh, organized on their own came together without coaches. Um, if uh -huh. the WIA is listening, they followed all guidelines uh -huh. um, besides the pods. I think that was they're supposed to practice in pods. But I mean, what's the difference between this and just kids getting together to play a little sandlot ball? Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't seem a whole lot different to me. Um, but we'll have the, the full story, and you can read all about it in the Chronicle. Um, like you mentioned, Eric Trent went on another outdoors adventure. The readers seem to really like those, and mm -hmm. this one's going to be um, fishing up on the Quinault Reservation um, and. Uh, associated stuff we'll have an update on arlo of course and then uh karina stanton our beloved longtime freelancer has turned in a story on the half pint farm bakery in rochester so there's a little sneak peek those are gonna be this might be the best paper yet yeah every, every week they get they every get. every week everyone gets better uh, and better is there gonna be any new ads about uh you know little girls breaking that glass ceiling into the newspaper <laughs> delivery game uh no you know i don't think so our company ceo is a woman though so there is we have a woman yeah. ceo wow coralie yeah. taylor she is mm -hmm. awesome yeah she is wonderful and we have a lot of women ceos here in lewis county yeah unlike yeah, a lot are. of newspapers too i mean back since 1962 or however long the framboise owned us as well we've always had a always had a woman ceo a, a female ceo or yeah. a female publisher owner so, uh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Uh, it'll be a good Tuesday paper. You should definitely buy it and definitely renew your subscriptions. And, uh, yeah. Just and, yeah, again, if you have any complaints about the commenting system or anything else, uh, call Schwartz or Franklin. Yeah, go ahead and call 360-736-3311. Ask for Franklin, specifically for complaints, uh, for praise and uh, suggestions you could ask for Eric Schwartz. He accidentally flipped those. If you have a problem, Eric Schwartz is your guy. He can do something about it. He'll make you feel better. I appreciate you coming on, Franklin. It was a great time. Yeah. yeah it was a great it was time. Good to, good to hang out with you. Uh, we'll probably have you back on in the future, maybe. Uh, we'll let you know if you're allowed back on. Hey, hey. That sounds Boss. good to me. It goes, it goes, it's, it's an approval process. It's a hierarchy around here. I'm we'll low see. on the, I'm low on the podcast. Total. Like we said, we're not sure. We haven't seen the paperwork. If we were acquired by CT Publishing, if yeah. we, we're, Ownership is in question. We're going to need a statement of some sort. So, Yeah, and again, uh, this podcast is available on cronline.com. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, wherever you go to listen to you know, your, your Joe Rogan, your NPR, your, <laughs> your Pardon My Take, whatever it is. Uh, you can find this there, too. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more half-assed takes about the news. Thanks. Thanks.